Well, hello everyone. Welcome back for another visit to the village. And we need to say before we introduce ourselves, happy birthday, Bruce. We love you, man. Yep. We love you, Bruce. Yeah, love you, Bruce. Happy birthday, buddy. Um, Keep sending suggestions our way. Yeah, I really like the live. Is it a hashtag alive? Or That's right. It is hashtag alive. For shame, Ryan. Mm. How dare you get it wrong? So, yeah, my name is Greg, and joining me is Ryan, Glenn, and John. So uh, it'll be a fun. This is one where we play this by the seat of our pants because we don't really have a lot to talk about, kind of. But like, we're going to see these tend to be the, the more fun episodes. So we actually just uh, had a nice meal. Spicy uh, nugs. Yep, the spicy McNuggets from McDonald's, along with uh, regular McNuggets. And uh, some some popped corns. You can buy a forty piece chicken McNuggets now. It's crazy. And it's not that expensive. It's like ten bucks. When I was a kid, that was like the thing we dreamed of. Mm-hmm. Just a, a never ending supply of chicken yeah. McNuggets. If only Chick Fil A would make their nuggets more affordable. Yeah. You can get a thirty pack there. Don't they have like some kind of like big family pack that's like? Well, I know there's a thirty, but me and Sandra will split it sometimes. I want to say it's like twenty bucks for thirty. It's thirty nuggets and two large. Well, I made the fries. comment when I saw it. I was like, "Oh, it's thirty nuggets," and I was like, "But it's got two fries. I don't need two fries." And Karen's like, "Well, it's supposed to be for two people." And I'm like, "Yeah, <laughs> that's silly." Those are excellent points. We also have a tote full of uh, McDonald's chocolate chip cookies. Yeah, I don't know if you can just get it regularly in the store, but on the on the app, it's a a thirteen cookie tote. And we just talked about this. It too, comes in a cute little box. Seems like a, a, a weird number, thirteen. What's a baker's, baker's dozen? Oh, well, that makes sense, I guess. <laughs> Ryan was also very incensed because the Travis Scott meal can only be purchased. I wasn't incensed. My kid asked for it the other day, and I went there, and um, I was in the drive-thru. Did they actually tell you no? No, I, well, I didn't even ask because they have a sign. and when it, I'm not an idiot. I read the sign. It says you can only get it online, so on the app. And it's of, because it's you, my friend. Well, you're it's because it's and I get why it's it's a deal. It's six dollars. Like if you ordered that stuff separately, it wouldn't be six bucks. So <laughs> what a deal! I totally understand. You know their reasoning. I cannot imagine all the people that they had to tell because that's really popular. People are talking about this thing, so I'm sure the McDonald's employees are really frustrated right now. Well, speaking of uh, popular things that people are talking about, um, Cobra Kai. So yeah, me and um, Sandra, we we kind of. Had a had a date night on Saturday. We had Felicity even slept out, so we had gone out the week before. So we were just like, let's just get some takeout and stay in. That sounds so good. Some <laughs> takeout. It's stay like in. that's like I'm such an old bastard. That's like my favorite. So yeah, we do. just we actually found this new um, old Mexican place in uh, Gretna called Taco Daddy's. That was pretty good. It's an awesome name for a place. Yeah. So we went and got some takeout from there after the um, the travesty of the LSU game, and then. Um, so now, whenever you hear anyone say "Who's your daddy?", your response needs to be "Taco, Taco Daddy's. Daddy's." That should be the commercial. <laughs> Taco Daddy's name of this episode. <laughs> Who, who's your daddy? Taco Daddy. <laughs> That's a great name for a restaurant. They have. I who's mean, your daddy wants to do yeah. Taco. <laughs> <laughs> but we got we got a we got like a, a family pack and then a, a, a Mexican pizza on the side, and they still have their Mexican pizza. Yeah. Um, but we ended up we we watched um, something on on YouTube that I'll talk about a little later, and then we. Flew through season two of Cobra Kai. The whole season? Well, we watched the first... We started it, like, the the day before. We watched a bunch of it, and then and we finished it. Leg. Yeah, and we swept the... Yeah, we put it in a body bag. Yeah. So, I loved it. Yeah. Um, it Karen, was, Karen and I, I just went through the whole... I had already seen both seasons of it, and Karen... She wasn't, like, really that into it, and we put on the first episode, and... Sure enough, like 30 minutes later, she's like, can we watch some more? I'm like, of course we can watch more. And we, in about four sittings, we'd watch the entire series. Like the whole, I don't know, the rivalry between Daniel and Johnny is just, it's its amazing. Like, William Zabka is yeah. really good. The reason why I love the, the rivalry is that from episode to episode, you think one of them is more of an asshole than the other. Yeah. But then they each do something really stupid to make you think, oh, no, he's the freaking prick. But... And the, yeah, and it's like, and, and then um, one uh, really, Amanda Larusso is the one that holds everything together. <laughs> yeah, and neither one of them ever really do anything specifically wrong, but like stuff just keeps happening, and you're like, okay, yeah, they're gonna, and they're gonna set the other one off. Yeah, and there's so many little nods to the to the, the old movies, and and the one thing that I really liked is like, there's a lot of nostalgia for the first one. There's some for the second one, but not a lot of people even talk about the third one, and they just embraced it and had a whole episode where Daniel talked about the whole events of the third movie, yeah. and I'm like, let's. Well, I kind of commend them for that, for mm. even though that one's not as universally loved. That's Steven Seagal. I mean, Terry Silva. Which I I, I kind of... So, I, I guess this isn't really a spoiler. There's a scene with Kreese where he's like in a homeless shelter, 
and yeah. when he's talking to Johnny, he mentions something about an old war buddy of his offered him some high-paying job that he didn't want to take. Was that Terry Silva? Probably. I mean, be willing to bet. Yeah. Maybe we'll get an appearance by him. Maybe. Well, I did see season three that they're filming it in Okinawa, which um, which is funny because Karate Kid two they filmed that whole thing in Hawaii because they couldn't go to Okinawa. So, um, which, I, I do like that in Karate Kid three the Terry Silver that was supposed to be Chris's buddy, whatever. When they made, well, I mean, I guess always. Let's say when they made the movie, Daniel the Ralph Macchio is older than the guy that plays Terry Silver. We kind of had fun looking up how like the real ages. Yeah. Because I want to say William Zabka, he's like fifty four. Ralph Macho's 59, the one that plays his wife was 41, and then, like, the kids, the oldest one, I think, is uh, Sam, is Daniel's daughter. I think she's, like, 24, mm. but um, I think Miguel over there, he's he's actually, like, 17. So I love Miguel. Yeah. I think he's I think he's a pretty good actor. But, I mean, they're totally setting up for Ali to come. Well, especially if you think about the way it ended. Yeah, me and John were talking about yeah. that. Yeah. But, um... <clears throat> Yeah, it's just. I mean, I've seen in each season. About the the scene with the the old Cobra Kai guys. That was surprisingly emotional. It was. Mm -hmm. It was. I've seen each season like a couple times now, so I mean. But I know the same thing with season one though. I love. I think my favorite part is when Johnny and Daniel were like when they were on that double date kind of thing. Yes, and then like season one was when they went to the bar together. Right. Right. Yeah. I've just (laughs) for like you know being antagonist protagonist and whatever There's, they have surprisingly good chemistry so I mean it's and that hawk kid I mean he just turned into <laughs> straight up really a- asshole. asshole ever yeah <laughs> but um yeah, yeah highly recommend that, that I'm glad it's on Netflix now more people are, are experiencing it yep it's a long way up I don't really have any other thing to <laughs> with but other than to say that but yeah you watched the long way up I did so um this was something else that I um I watched and I, I surprisingly just kept putting these on. Um, so this is actually a part, like a third part of a kind of a series of shows. It's um, Ewan McGregor and um, his friend Charlie Borman. They started with a show called Long Way Round. Where is it, this at? Uh, it's on Apple Plus. Oh. Um, well, this one is. I'm not sure where the first two played. But this one's on Apple Plus, and um, it's called Long Way Up, and uh, it kind of starts with Ewan McGregor talking about, you know, his friend Charlie, who he would ride motorcycles with, and they had did um, the two kind of televised things, and then he kind of said life just kind of got in the way, and the two of them had kind of lost touch, and then Charlie was in like a, a pretty horrific motorcycle accident where he like broke his pelvis and both of his legs, and he had to get all these surgeries. And then once, you know, he was healed again, he reached out to him to see if he wanted to do another motorcycle trip, and he said absolutely. So kind of the, I guess, the gimmick of this one, to make it a little different than the other two, is they wanted to try to do everything on electric vehicles. Because Ewan McGregor, he's apparently really into that. He's got an old Volkswagen. He's getting converted to be electric, mm-hmm. which was really funny because they went to when he went to the place that was converting it, he saw it and he's like, "Oh, there's my my Volkswagen." And when he went over to the, like the little cabinet full of keys, there was one, and he saw it and he was like, "Oh, this one must be mine." And it was a little Obi Wan Kenobi Lego figure that they had put on there. <laughs> but um, so uh, he went to they went to Harley Davidson and they had them make these prototype electric bikes. And like the first episode was just kind of them planning their route because their plan was to go to the very tip of South America, and drive up like go through the andes mountains through peru and everything and then go through central america and mexico and then end in los angeles the trip should take them about a hundred days so um a long time yeah and uh and they like had a cup they got a couple of trucks that you know follow around with supplies and camera equipment and stuff and they wanted everything to be electric vehicles so the first episode was them trying to figure out if they can actually do it if there were spots in these little towns (laughs) where they could charge and stuff like that and then when they first get down there, they run into all kinds of problems because it's like freezing cold and the batteries aren't keeping the charge they thought it would because of the cold. So the first two episodes is them kind of getting used to these prototype bikes. But then once they kind of get used to it, it gets pretty interesting of them going to the, the different small towns in South America. and oh, they just go hang out in the, the town? Yeah, it's just them. They go, they talk to people, which one thing that I'll... I mean, I'll, you don't really give spoilers in a show like this, but one of them was really funny was 
so they split up the the cars went to go take this um they were they were meeting on this ferry but ewan and charlie wanted to go see this penguin farm they thought it would be interesting so they when they're leaving the penguin farm they realized the cold was affecting their batteries and they weren't going to be able to make it and ewan mcgregor says well we know i noticed a little hotel when we were on our way over here maybe we should stop there and they'll let us charge the bikes and we could stay there so they pull up to the hotel and it's closed and this guy comes out and he's like it's a family-run place we're just closed for the season and when he sees you and mcgregor like his eyes light up and he goes inside and then he comes out and he's like all dressed up he's like got a beret on and a, a tie and he's got the biggest smile on his face and he's like we'll open up just for you guys don't worry about it and they're like cooking them meals and stuff <laughs> and when you and mcgregor goes and he's like thanking him profusely the guy just kind of look is looking at him and it's like speaking nothing but spanish and then in pure english he's like may the force be with you <laughs> and you and mcgregor's like thank you and may the force be with you <laughs> but oh, it was God. so it, it's you and mcgregor is just such a likable guy and when he's like talking to all these people in these little towns and just like talking about his life in scotland and stuff and then like as he was leaving he was talking to charlie about he hadn't went and talked to his his kids because he wasn't going to see him for like three months and his daughter had painted his toenails blue so he said he didn't want to <laughs> take it off so um but it's it's a it's a it's a fun little show it's something like you could probably put on in the background like the you know they film a lot of stuff with drones so they, there's some really pretty scenery and the stuff with the motorcycles is pretty interesting so i mean i'd recommend it it's nothing that's going to rock your world but it's it's an interesting kind of watch if you, especially if you like like travel stuff, but um yeah long way up, Ewan McGregor's cool. he's the man. <clears throat> well, Class Action Park was a movie that I didn't get to watch that Ryan may be very interested in seeing. Well, Glenn apparently Jr. not well enough. Well, I had shit to do. I watched this the next day. Like we recorded on a Monday on like before the last episode came out, I watched this. <laughs> I, had, I had ever shifting grounds of having to go back into to work at a physical place, and the schedule constantly changing. Forgive me, Ryan. Is there anything else? You got any, you got any other excuses? Or I get to be reassimilated back into society. It's true. I mean, it's only an hour and twenty minutes. You telling me you couldn't find an hour and twenty minutes to watch this in the course of a week? I'm telling you exactly. I that. feel like you're he losing. He almost went out like Brooks in Charge and Redemption. Sure. He just couldn't adapt back to society. Yeah. I got busy living and then I got Greg, busy dying. Greg was here. Greg was here. <laughs> they said and should alive, and that's, that's exactly in the break room, like, what they take. So I'm just curious. Did like someone barge into your bedroom and you hit a knife to someone's throat, saying, "I'm gonna fucking kill him"? <laughs> the only way they let me stay. <laughs> Or did, did someone make you double bag something at the food way? <laughs> that, that, that bitch <laughs> calling out Brooks in the Shawshank Redemption. Last time you didn't double bag. No, last time your man didn't double The way she says it. What a, what a piece of shit she was. Fuck you, bitch. She killed that poor man. She, I mean, that might have been the final straw. Yeah. I did have to ask permission to go to the bathroom. <laughs> he couldn't squeeze out. Can't squeeze out drop without that say-so. So watch the Shawshank Redemption, guys. <laughs> <laughs> That's what we're saying. Man. Yeah. So yeah, I got to, I I watched Class Action Park and everything that Ryan said last week was absolutely correct. This is an insane documentary, and I didn't want to like I, I talked about a couple of the slides, but I love how they actually went through every single ride that was there and how insane it was. The one that fascinated me the most was that like red sphere that you got in full of ball bearings, and they just basically <laughs> rolled you down the track. Yeah, it, it, and it broke, and the ball was just going down the highway. <laughs> Just, I mean, there, there's lots of things. And another part I didn't really talk about that one of my friends was telling me that was their favorite was when you would get injured, especially if you had, like, scrapes or burns, how they would make you go into this, sh this shed, which stunk <laughs> and smelled of, like, B.O. and piss. And there was a circle on the floor, and you were supposed to stand in the circle, and they sprayed you with something. And most of the workers don't know what it is. <laughs> they think it's some kind of combination of alcohol and iodine. But they said whatever it is, no. I think they said in the whole time that the park was open, only two people managed to stay in the circle. Everybody else like cried and ran out the circle because they couldn't take the iodine shit. It was, it was that delousing stuff from Shawshank. <laughs> <Yeah. right now. laughs> it goes back to Shawshank. But um, no, I I love the what the the people that they chose to interview were yeah, so good were at good. storytelling. Like the the women, like the guy, the the little nerdy dude with the glasses. Yeah, the, you could tell that that going to this park had an effect on these people's lives like they the way they talked about it right i mean they, they were just so like visual the way they talked about it It was very easy to to picture everything and then the little animated sketches you know that, that was, was yeah those were funny but 
it's surprisingly like you kind of mentioned it getting serious, but I was surprised on how serious it got when it got to like the the kids that died there. Yeah. But um, it's a very interesting documentary. I mean, it's and you're right, it moves very fast. So um, it's yeah, HBO Max. It's maybe the best ninety minutes you'll spend. Yeah, yeah, I agree. Definitely check it out. I mean, I can't imagine that Johnny Knoxville movie being better than this. I, I'm well, no. Based on you guys, I'm pretty sure. Yeah. You're Although I did like the sh- they showed a clip of Jimmy Kimmel talking to Johnny Knoxville about the yeah. park. So, but um, I could yeah. definitely see like Knoxville going to this shit when he was young, and it helped turn him into the psychopath he ended up becoming, where he's just you know doing all the crazy shit. Yeah, hurting time. himself. <laughs> well, he gets paid lots of money to hurt. He himself, does, uh, and and thank God because God, I love him. <laughs> but like. It even got into like how like kind of the town was dependent on the park, which I which I didn't really think about. But I mean, it's a very interesting documentary. HBO Max. So, uh, did you have fun, Ryan, in the film that you watched? I um, I went to on Amazon and um, so I saw that the Jay and Silent Bob reboot was on there. Now, I found it kind of curious that this movie, as far as I know, never came to any theaters around here. Or if it did, it wasn't around it, it long. Did. It came to like the only way to see this movie. And there wasn't in any theaters. It you was had to buy tickets. Yeah, you had to buy tickets to like a show where Kevin Smith was. Didn't talk. they do it at the Downtown Joy? Yeah. 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 So um, John bought the movie. I did because I mean I'm a Kevin Smith fan. I always have been, and I, I saw that it was out, and it should have been kind of a telltale thing right there when a brand new Blu-ray with digital copy at Best Buy was twelve ninety nine when it first came out. So red flag. Yeah, that was a red flag. I uh, I'm a fan of Kevin Smith, not as much uh, as you guys are. Like I I feel like he peaked at Dogma. That was as far as it. After Dogma, I felt like his you films. You didn't like Clerks, Clerks Two. Is amazing. Oh yeah, I did like Clerks Two. That's I thought right. he should have ended his career there. <laughs> yeah, I forgot about Clerks Two, but I mean Dogma, and then it was just crap, and then Clerks Two, and then I I I've just never been into his stuff. You didn't so, like Cop Out? Uh, no, <laughs> um, that was terrible. Me either. So I started watching this, and full disclosure, I didn't like Jay and Silent Bob Strike Back. I hated it. That was I was I remember being really upset because I really wanted to see it. I, I was psyched. That was when he was like making great movies after great movies. I was disappointed in it. So I expected to to hate this movie, and um, like John said, you said you didn't even get all the way through it, and you stopped, no. and you own it, and you still never went back and I watched it. Finish it. Well, I finished it. But after 15 minutes, I came really close to stopping it. It was it was pretty fucking excruciating. The funny thing about it is, it's amazing all the people he's got in this movie. Yeah. I mean, he's got like, like you didn't get to Chronicon. There's all kinds of celebrities. That, like Chris Hemsworth is there. Um, that beautiful bastard. Ben Affleck, Matt Damon, like all these people. And I know they're he's friends with. They're all friends with Kevin Smith. Well, Hemsworth's not, but. Um, it, it's a it's a mess, and yeah. it's it's almost like I get the feeling like he just was really drunk one night and wrote this thing out. And high, yeah, it, he's probably high, high, yeah, and like just wanted to get together with his friends and didn't really care if they were making a good movie. He just wanted to yeah. party, and that's, that's all it seemed like. Yeah, like it's it's all like simple one liner jokes, like um. Um, oh God! I'm trying to think. What was that fucking cringeworthy joke at the airport when they were trying to get on the plane? I don't even remember. Well, they're they're trying to get on the plane, and the <laughs> who's they? Jane Silent Bob. Jane Silent Bob, and the the airline employee says something like, um, "Like you guys have been, you guys need to, you guys have been waited, or something like that," and they immediately make cracks about. Uh, Kevin Smith losing weight oh. and it was like what is it with this airline he's lost weight and everything and they're like no you have to wait not you've been waited like your weight like you have to wait to get on the plane because you're on the no fly list because you you know you deal drugs or whatever and it, it was it was cringeworthy jokes like that all the way through um, and then they did the Ocean's 12 thing oh did they at the end when they get to Chronic Con Jay and Silent Bob are in the audience and Kevin Smith is on stage because he's going to be the director of the new Chronic Con movie. So I can't stand when movies do. And, and the funny thing is, is that the the girl who I believe is Kevin Smith's daughter, who he named Harley Quinn, mm-hmm. yeah, 
Yeah, she looks at at Silent Bob and she's like, "You look just like this fucking guy." And I'm like, "Oh my god." Um, I will say this, and I'll I'll tell you, you should watch one thing in this movie. That if I had to grade just this one thing, it gets an A plus of a film. Okay. It's about thirty to forty seconds long. <laughs> it's at the end credits, and the best part of the movie is Kevin Smith has a little like thing saying that he's dedicated the film to his his all-time hero Stanley and then they cut to footage where he tried to film I guess he was I don't know if it was real or not where he was going to do a scene with Stan Lee and there's their, their little interaction their banter with each other it lasts about 40 seconds but it, it's it's hilarious and touching and that should have been just the movie yeah um it is bad I will say uh one good thing another good thing about the film I thought Jason Mewes actually showed some acting chops that I didn't think he had. Like I don't know how far you got, but it deals with the possibility that he may have a daughter, which kind of reminded me of Dumb and Dumber, which part two, which I was not pleased with. But that was better than this movie, though. Yeah, <laughs> but um, that, that's saying something. Like he conveyed some emotion that I didn't think he had the ability to do as an actor. I was pretty impressed with his performance. Yeah. But the movie itself, my God. It's a it's a tough one to get through. It's pretty pretty bad. It's just so bad. I was, yeah. I'd probably give it about a two. And I, I so you like this one better than the um the uh, Charlie Kaufman one? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. A hundred percent. They should put that quote on the box. Well, I'm sorry you had to, to deal with that. The movie I saw was delightful. I watched Enola Holmes on Netflix. Millie Bobby Brown. Millie Bobby Brown, um, Sam Calfin as Mycroft Holmes, and we had uh, Henry Cavill as Sherlock or Swolock Holmes. Uh, Is that really what he's called? No, no, he just he's the buffest Sherlock. Right, I was about to say. Well, I already was not going to watch it if he was really called. <laughs> well, he's Henry Cavill. It's a beautiful man. Um, and basically, from what I understand, there was a series of books that an American writer made. About it's they're young adult books. novels. Yeah, I'll, I'll, yeah we we kind of. We we almost watched this one, and um, I heard I, they're I talking about making this into a series. Um, I could totally see them doing that, especially if they get the same cast back. There's a lot of books, I think. Yeah, I think there's like or at least that I saw like five or six. All right, but the uh, the story kind of deals with so basically, like Sherlock and Mycroft are twenty years plus separated from their little sister. Uh, when she's young, her father dies, and she's raised by her mom, who's Helena Bonham Carter. Oh, and because she's alone, she's you know basically. You know, Enola backwards is alone. So oh. uh, she teaches. Uh, she teaches. Everybody's eye went straight up in the air when he said that. <laughs> we thought of the word. Oh. Well, alone. basically, her, her mom raised her all the time to be. She has the same kind of wit as Sherlock, and it's always bothered Mycroft that you know both of them are smarter than him, but he's the older brother. So the mom shows up missing one day, and Mycroft and, and Sherlock come, and basically Sherlock's trying to find the mother, and Mycroft is now in charge of this little girl. Uh, she doesn't like any of the conventions being put on her, so she like escapes, and it's her trying to find her mother, uh, who's involved in some plot that you kind of are trying to figure out as you go along. And I, I'll gotta, I have to say this: like all the performances are really, really. It's it's a delightful little movie, and uh, I mean it's about two hours and three minutes. But the entire time I was watching, anytime like I had a couple of phone calls that rang, I'm like shit, I gotta pause it. it Seems kind of long for a kid movie. Well, that's the thing. I don't. I think it's kind of an all ages movie. It reminds okay. me of one of those kids movies, like like Shrek, where there's something in it for adults and whatnot. It's not. It's decidedly not a kids film. Um, I mean, your description. I'm almost ready to declare that it's better than that um, Artemis file thing. That I oh watched. god, that was terrible. I hadn't seen that, but I'd, I'd be willing to bet. And that was like an hour and thirty minutes. Yeah. So yeah, what the hell do I know? <laughs> Take as much time as you need. <laughs> <laughs> I, I will say this though. Uh, it kind of makes me want them to do a series of, of Henry Cavill Sherlock Holmes movies. Nice, because he's very like just effortless and and Millie Bobby Brown. Like I haven't seen uh, Stranger Things. I've seen her in a couple of different things, but like, why is that? By the way, I just it got away from me. I haven't got. Y'all look for something to watch for Halloween. Watch oh yeah, about the same. That's what you should. Yeah, we're trying to finish a couple of things. We had a bunch of stuff on the list, so we're trying to work our way through it. I'm uh, sure our hours are different. Right I'm now. sure your girlfriend's seen it, right? No, she hasn't seen Stranger Things. No, either. neither of us have seen it. We're planning on watching it together. David Harbour is very upset. I'm, I'm very upset with it. Both of you. <laughs> Disappointed with you both of you. Fucking, frankly, I'm but just yeah, disgusted. That's, that's not new. It is new. I don't have a problem with you guys, you, but... You're a grizzled old sea captain. You always have a problem with things. I don't have a problem with you two, but when you don't watch Stranger Things, that's bullshit. 
Because that's right up y'all's alley. Watch Cobra Kai. Yeah, I can't say anything bad about you. There you go. <laughs> the, the antidote. <laughs> uh, but no, she's she's phenomenal in this, and it's it, she's very endearing. Like the the cool thing is, uh, her charm kind of carries this film. Mycroft is in it more, I think, than Sherlock, uh, and he's kind of a foil. Uh, Lestrade is is really good in it. Like it's got all the conventions of a Sherlock Holmes movie, but it's just the script is flipped where it's an Ola kind of doing things. Um, definitely something I'd recommend if you guys are looking for something to watch. You have two hours to kill. So, so Sherlock Holmes. So we've got Doctor Strange, Sherlock Holmes, Iron Man, Sherlock Holmes, and now Superman, Sherlock Holmes. Mm-hmm. Super right. Holmes. What would you give it? I would probably give it about an eight. Jeez. Okay. Wow. No, I really, really liked it. It was delightful. It's good for yeah for a family film. Yeah. Speaking of delights, Father of the Bride is an enduring series of films. I love these movies. And but uh, I didn't get a chance to watch this. Yeah, this is, there's a Father of the Bride three-ish. That's what they call it. So, um, yeah, this is me and Sandra watched this on our date, date night to begin with. It's Father of the Bride three-ish. So this was a charity thing that um, the cast of Father of the Bride put on to raise money for. I believe it's something like called America's Food Bank or something like that. And it's something for that provides meals to families impacted because of because of COVID. Um, but uh, Nancy Myers directed this. It stars the whole cast of um, the original two films, um, plus a couple of extras. Um, Reese Witherspoon kind of introduces it. Like she comes oh. up and she 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 starts talking she, about she the Laura Linney of this. <laughs> she she just introduces what they're kind of what they're doing, and that it's called Father the Bride three ish. Um, it's about twenty six and a half minutes, twenty seven minutes, um, and uh, the. Movie it takes place obviously present day during the whole uh, COVID thing, and all the actors come back as their as their characters from the Father of the Bride films. Um, Kieran Culkin is um, kind of front and center in this. He was the he was very young in the in the first one. Good old Maddie. Yeah. So uh, the whole the plot of this um, this little tale is um, Maddie has called his whole family together uh, for a Zoom call because there's something he wants to talk to all of them about together. So you get, you get Steve Martin, Diane Keaton, um, the the daughter. I'm trying to think of what her name. Uh, oh, Kimberly, Kimberly Williams. Williams. Yeah, and then her her husband. Williams, whatever her her extended. Is it Brad Paisley? Yeah. Yeah, and then um, the husband is George Newbern, played her husband Brian. So um, they I always hated him. I, I was with, <laughs> he was Superman. I was I was definitely with George in the first one. I didn't like Brian at all. So so yeah, he gets them all together and um, he's talking to them all about how he's engaged to this um, this you know love of his life who's a doctor and um, you know everyone's quarantined and she's working in a COVID unit so that the hospital has her in like a hotel and um, they had to cancel their wedding because of um, you know the, the lockdown. So uh, he says, I'm tired of being uh, engaged, so I'm going to kind of surprise her. I'm going to bring her in the Zoom call, and uh, I'm going to see if she wants to marry me right now. Which leads to lots of funny jokes, especially from Steve Martin talking about how he was looking forward to being father of the groom and going to a wedding he didn't have to pay for. So I have a question. How the hell do they get Franz into this? Frank? Frank. Do yeah. You, do you want you, you want oh, to that, get, is that a spoiler? How he how he gets involved? Kinda. Okay. Well then I'd... It, 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 it it's funny. Okay. And, well, he, he, and he goes right into it. But um the one that plays his fiance is the one that played um Storm in the new X Men movies. Um and then her father, I'm gonna kinda leave that as a surprise who plays her dad. But um Kind of the thing that, the ones that kind of slipped right into this, um, if you remember in Father of the Bride 2, um, the two babies were born at the same time, one to Steve Martin and Diane Keaton, and one to the daughters. Yeah. So that's, I mean, it's been so long, they're like in college now. So um, one of them is Ben Platt, which he played Benji in the Pitch Perfect movies, and the other one's Florence Pugh, so they play the um, the kind of adult babies. This is making me wish they would have actually went through and made a, a It would have been... It, 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 I'm 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 still kind of curious if they will because it's it, they all fall back into if these characters. Know, I, mean, I mean, they get the same. They play the same music. It's the same thing where like Steve Martin kind of talks about you know him growing up, and they're all like the kind of flashbacks of him as in the first two movies as the as the as a child. Sandra kind of got teared up two or three times in it, and I mean it's only twenty six minutes. It's very good. It's all. It's on Netflix. Made it. It's on Netflix's YouTube channel though. So you can watch it for free even if you don't have Netflix. Just go to YouTube and uh, just search for Father the Bride 3-ish. You'll, if you like the first two movies, 
you'll love this. It's it's great. Nice. And I, I feel weird giving them a grade to it because it was eleven. Yeah. <laughs> but um, I mean, it's a little gimmicky with the Zoom call, but it's 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 great. I mean, they just fall, you know, all these characters again. Well, we've been talking about a feature for a while that we wanted to do. And we're gonna we're gonna pull the trigger tonight. It actually it was kind of brought on by Cobra, Cobra Kai. Is what yeah, what brought it on? And I I guess we're just gonna talk about what the the our favorite single season of, of certain shows. Because Ryan said, and still you still stand by. This, I right? still stand by. We can but start the, with that. The first season of Cobra Kai is the greatest single season of a show ever. Ever. I'm not saying Cobra Kai is the best show ever, but that single season, especially, I guess. I guess I gotta put an asterisk next this to it. First season? No, I was gonna say you have to see Karate Kid and you know love the Karate Kid to, for it to really. If you and, have and, that. and not the the Jaden Smith one. Everything that guy just said is bullshit. <laughs> but yeah, I, I just the nostalgia, the character development, how they, it embraces the movie. Didn't like nowadays they try to like you know either ignore things or pretend things didn't exist or just reboot it and. They just embrace everything in the entire Karate Kid saga. And you know what we joking with? Is is Terry Silver going to come back? Is Hillary Swank going to show up at some point in this? How is she related? She was the next Karate Kid. She was, she no. was with Mr. Miyagi. She was just a student? She was trained by Mr. Miyagi. Yeah, yeah she was in that movie, The Next Karate Kid. I guess, I mean, I don't see it. I never her. saw it. I own it because it came in the box set of the other three. I mean, I'm, and I'm if sh- you remember, it was like Karate Kid 1 was on a disc, Karate Kid 2 was on a disc, Karate three Kid 3. Were on the same and, disc. Yeah, they were on the same desk. <laughs> I don't recognize that one. I recognize that one more than I recognize the Jaden Smith. Yeah, but I love the the. I think the favorite thing, my favorite thing, is you watch the Karate Kid and you grow up your whole life and you just believe Johnny's an asshole. You de- there's no debate about it. Yeah. Even in part two, when he, even at the end of the f- of the f- first Karate You're Kid, right, he, yeah, he gives him the trope, but you still have to believe he's an ass. Barney Stinson never believed he was an ass. <laughs> and then it the the show just turns it all on its head and when Johnny tells his point of view of everything, it's so funny and so believable on why he did the things he did to Daniel. I just I just thought it was brilliant. Well, I mean, I guess back in the 80s William Zabka you had to I mean, he was in that. He was the asshole in Karate Kid. He was the asshole in Back to School. Yes. And was it just one of the guys? So he was the, He kind of played the same part. So, I mean, that's why he, he, just, he, he was constantly being an asshole in the 80s. He faked a hamstring injury in Back to School because he didn't want him to dive. That's right. <laughs> he was, he was, he was the, the villain just one of the guys, too. Was he? Yeah. He was, he, he was in European Vacation. That's right. I forgot about that. Yeah, he was the one who was dating Audrey at the beginning. He broke up with her. So Asshole. <laughs> we're going to talk about different series and, you know, like we said, what, what we thought was the single best season of a series. Yeah. What, what you got, Greg? Give me one. Uh, I'm going to give you one. Uh, and you'll can't, be, be can't, can't be Star Trek. It's not. Okay. It's, uh, it's, I'm just it's, messing it's with it. It's Babylon 5. Oh, that, yeah. So Babylon 5 was written as a novel for television with a set beginning, middle, and end. Can't be the first season. And right? No. Okay. It's the fourth season. Which I don't know if I got that. You didn't get to that far. Yeah. Um, but basically... Uh, this whole show, was, was, like, there was a Bible written for it. There was trapdoors written for every character for in case certain actors would, you know, bow out. There'd be ways to continue the story, but the story had a set beginning, middle, and end. Well, they didn't know if they were going to be renewed for a fifth season. So what the creator did, J. Michael Straczynski, is he basically started collapsing the story arcs in season four. And the result is you get this breakneck-paced fourth season that the bigger mysteries of the show kind of get resolved. Um, which led to a fifth season that people say it's a little uneven, but it, they, he kept enough stuff back where you could kind of continue it on. But that fourth season, they resolve a conflict with these two ancient races, and they have this Earth Civil War that they resolve in these 22 episodes, and it just doesn't stop. Where is Babylon 5 at on streaming service? Do you know? Um, it is on Or is it not on Amazon, Amazon? I think. That wouldn't surprise me. I'll have to take a look. Warner Bro- Like Straczynski's always said, Warner Brothers does this thing where they're very good at making it look like it didn't make money so that they don't have to pay him royalties. <laughs> and then basically, like, he, they don't, he, as a result, he's not able to take it and do anything else with it. But it's, yeah. If not, I own all of them still. You're welcome to borrow it. Yeah, I know, but we, we know the problems with that. I know. Battlestar Galactica. No, you have to buy it. I mean, it's there, but you have to pay for it. It ain't free. Pay. 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 I think you can actually, if well, you have a VPN, you can go into the, the UK version of... I can't I can't give my opinion of Season 4, but I did watch... I'll say this for Babylon 5. It, it, it takes a while to get going, um, but 
it was definitely I, I think I watched the first three seasons and you, it, you had definitely for the first two yeah and it was coming out on VHS and I kept bringing you and it it, it it got a lot better as the show was going so I can imagine the slow burn being paid off like that so I'm, I'm, I wouldn't be surprised if it's really good if I ever find it, like you know, where I ain't got to pay for it, and I don't have to put in a disc or like, that's that's ancient shit. Put in a disc. Yeah, put in a hell disc. Hell that. I'll, I'll watch it again. John, um, there's one that uh, I know Ron and I both watched. We talked about it before, and it did take me a while to pick a season of this, but I'm gonna go with The Wire season three. Season three is that the kids? No, it's the it's the the third. It's when. Avon Barksdale gets out of prison and they do the whole Amsterdam thing where they have the whole little section of the, te- of the, the oh. city where there's basically no law yeah. to clean up the rest of the streets. Interesting. I thought that one was just really well done and I love the um, the characters. I mean, I love the Avon Barksdale character and Stringer Bell who's Idris Elba played him amazingly and when Avon Barksdale goes to prison Stringer Bell kind of takes over operations and this is Avon getting out of jail and kind of the power struggle yeah really. that's a and it's a I thought that was a very good season it was great um, I mean all five seasons of that show were great yeah um, I would have picked season one but I, I can't begrudge you uh, for I, I'd say if the thing that was odd with The Wire for anyone who wants to binge it or is going to binge it on HBO just be prepared that when you finish a season be prepared that season two is wholly different yeah. even though that there are new characters same characters carry over but like they sort of give you a telltale sign of this by the fact that the brilliant and awesome intro music, yeah. it changes every season, but the song stays the same. Like, the lyrics are the same, but they change the song around. So each season is very different. And I remember when I first was binging it, when I got to season two, I actually had to double-check to make sure I was watching the right show because it was so different from what the first one was. But, yeah, I, season three was very, very good. And each each season, what I, I thought was brilliant, what they did, it, it all takes place in Baltimore, and each season focuses on a different element of like what's of the going drug on. trade. Yeah, and it's the drug trade. And the first season is just kind of the police and the drug dealers. The second season is some of the drug smuggling. And it deals with the guys that are dock the, workers at the ports. Yeah, at the ports. Um, the third season is um, it focuses on the street a little bit more, and they have like I, like I said, there's a whole area of the town that they uh, they basically just. So yeah, there's no laws. The freaking yeah. cops come up with an idea of just saying, "Okay, in this, it's like two blocks, or two block like area, you, you can, can deal drugs, can and we're not going to we're not going to do anything to you." Yeah, um, to kind of curb the the crime everywhere else. And then the the fourth season was about the school system, and then the fifth season was about the media, political and media. Yeah, yeah, and it was really well done. But that show is just awesome from yeah. start to finish. One of the best shows ever, I believe. Yeah, I agree. Glenjamin. Okay, well. All right, so I'm going to mention a, a show that I think started and peaked very fast and then fell to the depths of despair. But the first show I thought of when we were talking about this was season one of Heroes. Because, I mean, it got pretty bad. But that first season, if you take it just in a bubble, that first season of Heroes I thought was damn near perfect. It was really it was good season. Th- very solid. I never saw it. Uh, the Season one was, I thought, stellar. Just the whole way it was... When they, you know, the writing of the characters were very, it was very unique for the time. I mean, we're in a superhero kind of renaissance now, but when that came out, I mean, it was, it it wasn't. So, I mean, just all these uh, ordinary people discovering these superpowers and so likable, like the Hiro Nakamura and Ando and the Hornroom Glasses before you knew his name and all the stuff with with Claire, how it started with her, you know, doing experiments on herself and the whole ch- save the cheerleader save the world and then when you finally meet Siler I mean it was so this, the characters were so great and it was such like building up building up building up to this it, I mean like I said I just it was I think it might have just been un- unsustainable yeah it, and it was and I think that's part of the problem is that it was so good especially like the character Siler was so good as a villain that they were scared to get rid of him. Right. I mean, and like, and he needed to be killed off. And, 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 they, and, and they wouldn't. And do it. So Zach, they kinda, Zachary Quinto was so good. If yeah, he was yeah. so good in it. And they ended up just kind of making him like this weird anti-hero. But it's like this dude is like reprehensible and evil. Yeah, well, they do that with the series that they have like that kind of like decision paralysis where yeah. it's the story begs it to go in certain ways and it it, it doesn't. And that you know that that series is very indicative of that. But I agree with you. That first season, we were like glued to the TV. Yeah, it was great. And then I mean, I know it suffered a lot for, because of the writers' strike and stuff like yeah. that. But I just think that they they kind of painted themselves in the corner just because I mean it was so good, so fast. Yeah. That I don't know they couldn't go anywhere else but down. Yeah. 
But and I mean, and it did it did gradually get worse. The second season wasn't terrible. But it was it really short. It was know. short, and then it just as it went on, it got worse. And that worse. season three was terrible. And was that the? Did it just get canceled? No, remember season four came back, and it was like it was a little bit better. It had the thing with the the, the circus. Yeah. And that one was okay. It wasn't, but it still wasn't season one. And then I think it got canceled, but then they brought it back as that, that reboot. Yeah. And that just didn't work because they, they didn't have all the characters. And that that's kind of what made the original, especially the first season, so good was the interaction between all these different just ordinary people that are discovering their, you know, these super humans. Yeah. So that's that's the first one I thought of. So. Puddins. Um, I'm gonna go with uh, for my next one, season one of The Sopranos. Season one, season one. I thought the whole that first season was just expertly done. The way they crafted the feud between Tony and Uncle Junior, the way they made you know the fact that he was going to a therapist, not funny like an analyze that. Mm-hmm. And I like how you went through analyze that instead. Of <laughs> analyze <it>. Yeah, <laughs> you don't want to analyze this. No. Um. Yeah, and I mean, just like Olivia's, I feel like, you know, the, the one drawback with that show was we never really got to see Olivia's story come to a conclusion because she passed away, unfortunately. But the way she manipulated so many people mm-hmm. and was really like in the background sort of running the, the family, um, I just, I, and I, this, was, this was the era when I really loved Christopher, when he was a despicable. Yeah guy but he was also the most likable guy when mm-hmm. like his best friend gets killed and he runs into a strip club saying this is Scarface final scene say hello to my little friend we gotta go after these guys I mean it's just and I loved how it acknowledged gangster films Yeah, I don't think I'd seen a show or another movie really do that before was season one the one when he brought Meadow to see the colleges yep. like the road trip yep. that, that, what, a, what a great episode yeah. That was in the first season? Yeah, that was the first season. Because that's one of my favorite episodes, because that's also the episode when the priest goes to see Carmela <laughs> and spends the night. Yeah. And uh, he gives her communion. But <laughs> After eating all, everything in the freezer. Yeah. He, yeah. I, I love the fact that he just kept, because, you know, I guess that whole thing with him is like he can't have sex, so it's like he keeps manipulating these women to give to feed him. Yeah. <laughs> well, I mean, that was kind of one of the things with the show is all the different vices because it would go from Altasante shooting heroin to Tony eating ice cream to the, yeah. the priest constantly gorging himself. Yeah, great, great, great show with a controversial ending. Yeah, and I actually, I, I put in here the second season. That's that's what I would choose. I mean, I mean it was close, though. The, I would say the second season had the best finale. Of any of the seasons of The Sopranos, with Richie Aprile. Uh, I mean, the I was, second season was with Richie Aprile. What's wasn't didn't didn't the season but it ended with Big Pussy, Big Pussy, right? Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. That was the end. That's right. That was the final Big episode. Big Mouth Billy Bass. <laughs> and has any character in television history ever been happier than Tony feeding those ducks in his pool? <laughs> <laughs> that's my goal in life: uh. <laughs> to be as happy as Tony was feeding those ducks. <laughs> I love when they when they took care of Richie Aprilo or whatever, and, and uh, Janice asked uh, yeah. him, him. He's like, he's like, oh, Janice, okay, he's on a hill under a little tree. He's like, what the fuck do you get? <laughs> uh, Stupid a fucking game. Furio, <laughs> um, great character. My second show, I'm gonna say the fifth season of Angel. Good one. Um, that's a show I I will make the controversial statement that I think Angel is better than Buffy. I would agree with you. I've, I've heard other people say that. I've, um, never, I've never seen any of them. Buffy's a phenomenal show, don't get me wrong. But Angel just, it took this character that was made very popular on one show, did the risk of taking him away, and they were able to do all kinds of crazy things. And with that show, it kind of reinvented itself to a degree each season until you get to this fifth season where they're actually approached uh-huh. by the villains that they keep beating, and they're like, look, we can't beat it. You want, we want you to join us. Uh, yeah, the fifth season was bonkers. It was crazy. And and they basically start running this evil law firm. Wolfram and Hart. Yep. <laughs> and uh, all the characters kind of go into their little niche, and you get a lot of great moments that happen. Like, you know, Wesley's finally confessing his love for Fred, and then Fred, you know, is immediately killed off to be replaced by Illyria. Illyria, right, yeah. And, you know, you have, you know, a gun coming into his own. You have, you know, all the, like, the puppet episodes, Spike becoming... All right. This, like, he was already made an amazing character on Buffy, but he just mm. kind of flourished and chewed every mm. scene he was in on this. And it's one of those things where the, the ending of the series, which is the ending of this season, really kind of, it, it made me want more. 
Sure. And uh, you know they have stuff in comic books or whatever that they've continued the story, but this is one where just from start to finish, I, I was enraptured with every episode. I'm glad you mentioned the puppet episode. The puppet episode is awesome. But yeah, no, I, I'm with you. Um, I was actually not finished watching Buffy because I think I bought, I got ended up buying the whole se- series of Buffy on like black friday or something for really cheap and i was watching that while angel was on and as i was watching i'm like oh let me check this check this out and i didn't start from the beginning i think i started it in season four and i i I, i'm with you i think it was better than 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 buffy just because i don't know it was a little bit more just embraced the weirdness yeah and they didn't have so much and I mean, I don't know Joss Whedon personally, but every now and again he can be a little too much Joss Whedon, where a little too like. Well, that's the thing; he didn't run the show. I know it was just like he could be a little too, too like clever and quirky, and I didn't get that with Angel because he, yeah, he created the character, but he wasn't the showrunner. Yeah, he just kind of co-executive produced. It was Tim Manier, right, for the bulk of it. But yeah, like it was one of those things where exactly what you're saying, they embraced the weirdness. But they also were very aware of it, also. right? And that's that's kind of something that Buffy has to a degree. But this was just a whole other level. Exactly. Yeah, I agree. Good pick, John. I'm going to go with the fourth season of Dexter, which was the uh, John Lithgow was the guest star of that season. That was a good season. Is the yeah, Trinity Killer, and that show had some really good seasons. I mean, it, that that show legitimately had. A, that, I think that season had that big where I went. I had an oh shit moment. Yeah the bathtub thing yeah yeah I mean and, and John Lithgow was so good in that show the season before season 3 with Jimmy Smith was really good too oh yeah I <laughs> <laughs> um but I mean it's when you the show's already about a serial killer and it's you get a serial killer that's stalking a serial killer and it was just I'd, I'd say that season made it hard for any other season to compete yeah and I mean just the mind game between the two of them I mean it was just yeah, I mean, I, I can't even really explain it. I mean, it was just you know, it's funny you mentioned Jimmy Smith, and for some reason, I thought about his performance in Sons of Anarchy, not Dexter. I'm like, wait, I'm mixing my shows up. <laughs> no, doesn't make sense. He was awesome on both. He was, yeah. but he def- definitely played different roles. Oh, definitely different roles. <laughs> See, Sons of Anarchy, that's one I'd have a hard time picking a favorite season. Yeah, but um, no, I'm 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 glad you brought this one up. Um, I think you're right that that was just kind of hard to top that because each season kind of had its own guest star. Yeah. Because remember, was it the Colin Hanks one was kind of weird? Was, and yeah. The, the one after this one, so this one was four. The one after it was the one with Julia Stiles. Yeah. Right. Where, and it was like the group of guys that had kind of all right. done stuff. She but, was so cute. Yeah. And then I think the Colin Hanks one maybe was maybe after it was, yeah. Yeah. It was yeah. Colin Six. Hanks and, and uh, uh, Edward James almost right? Right. And then, but, but yeah, I don't think it ever got to, I mean, John Lithgow was just a revelation in yeah. this. And you remember that episode where it was like, Thanksgiving. That was that's the best episode. That's the best season. episode of Dexter, I yeah. think. Just because I think everything that they they had in mind when they created that show that that episode was it. I yeah. mean, him trying to balance the his, both of his his lives kind yeah. of thing, and that when John Lithgow drops the c word in the middle of Thanksgiving yeah. dinner to Christy Masters Christensen from <laughs> Romy and Michelle, <laughs> I was just like, oh, yeah, that escal- that escalated quickly. Yeah. <laughs> but um, yeah, great season. Yep. Yeah. With a horrible series finale. Such a horrible finale. You know, it's yeah. funny. I binged that. So y- y'all all saw it way before I did. And I remember... We, we warned you. Yeah, y'all all kept telling me, oh, it's a great show, but the ending is really bad. I'm like, I mean, how bad could it be? Yeah, it was... Uh, I was shocked. I was like, did they... How did they think this was going to be a good idea? It was such a bad ending to that. A great show. Yeah. All right, so, so I'll go next. So, Putty, do we have a do we, we have a no Star Trek rule? No, I was just fucking with okay. Greg. All right, well, I'm going to go with... And this took me a while to narrow down to a season. I'm going to go with season five of Star Trek: The Next Generation. That's the the best of both worlds, isn't it? No, it's not. not? Inner Light. Yeah. So yeah, this episode because I was looking through it. Yeah, this one contains episodes like Darmok, the Unification two-parter with Spock. Um, I really like the episode Cause and Effect with with Kelsey Grammer, the kind of time loop one. There was a good one. There was actually a very good one with uh, Wesley called The First Duty of him in Starfleet Academy, like covering up That's that really explosion. Oh, that was a good episode, actually. And the, um, they, yeah, use the, that, they use that in military right. schools now. Um, the Inner Light is a classic. And for some reason, the episode The Next Phase holds a special place in my heart where they have a jazz funeral for, for Jordy. Yeah. But um, I just, by that time, it had fallen into such a good groove. And uh, I mean, all the characters, I think, they, I mean, the first. Two seasons were kind of weird. What's it like? Ryan pointed out earlier with Babylon Five, and he's right. Shows back then, you didn't have an internet presence, right? 
So like the feedback took a while to get back, and every Star Trek series, I'd say, up to like Discovery, you have to literally like stick with it for a season or two. Right, but I just I was surprised at how many episodes I consider to be just like classic science fiction were in season five of yeah. this show. I mean, it didn't have the big sexy cliffhanger like Best of Both Worlds and all, but it just had a lot of very solid episodes. I mean, I think the finale was the Time's Arrow. With the oh, that okay. So no, that's why you picked it. <laughs> yeah, that's right. It has Papa Mulder being Mark Twain. That's right. Eavesdropping is by no means the proper activity <laughs> of a gentleman. <laughs> Nevertheless, the deed is done. He calls Worf a werewolf. <laughs> but, um... It's just, so, yeah, I mean, even, like, it had some goofy episodes in it, too. But, I mean, I think that was the great thing about Star Trek The Next Generation. Like, I... I've heard Todd McFarlane call it, like, not just a great science fiction show, but just a great, like, workplace procedural show. He's not wrong. And like, yeah, like, I, like, that's one of the th- reasons why The Orville is such a, a, a great show. Like, uh, you can see it in his reverence, like, like they did the episode of Family Guy that John... Did you talk about it on the show last week, or was that just off on the I, I think it was just us discussing Guy it. The Family Guy episode where, like, they, they had them all... Went, went to McDonald's. Oh, yeah. Yeah. And they immediately killed Tashio. Yeah. <laughs> But um, but yeah. So I so that's why I had to go with season five of Next Gen. It's like I said. I think that's when it was at its peak. How, how long are we gonna go around in circles with this? I mean, we do one more each. Mm-hmm. Um, I would go with uh, season four of Seinfeld, which I believe is the one with uh, Jerry, the show Jerry. Isn't that four? I think so. I was looking through Seinfeld and it was hard. It was hard. And Friends was the same way. Just because, like, when you look at when I was looking at, like, for example, Lost or Heroes or something, each season was like its own story, and sitcoms kind of don't do that. They right. just kind of well, flow. Season four did. It for did Seinfeld. though. I, I didn't that's even why think about I, that's that. why I picked that one because it was that's all the crazy shit that happens in every episode gets resolved by the end. Even like uh, Jerry's dad's wallet that's just right. just randomly getting found like four episodes after he can't find it. Um. It's my favorite sitcom show of all time. So um, you think he took the raisins? He did. If you go back and watch <laughs> it, he does bend over. And you don't see him actually pick it up. But the ra- he, he definitely took the raisins. Seems like a curious thing to do. Because <laughs> we were all eating them. <laughs> I remember you, you were eating them. <laughs> and Jeremy Piven is, is the oh, big god Oh, God. When he uh, decided that he didn't care that he was balding. Yeah, that's right. He fixed that, apparently, when he went to do Entourage. But, um, yeah, like, I just, I mean, I could watch Seinfeld anytime, anywhere, mm-hmm. and uh, season... I feel that way about Sanford and Son. <laughs> you can't pick a single season, because... I, I can't pick a single or season. Or you could pick the one where uh, Grady was just the Fuck one. that, no. This is the one good episode of that entire fucking run. Is that the one where he gets With high? The Munchkins, yeah. Yes, that's... I'm, there's a couple of, like, decent things, but, like, it just made you miss Fred so much. You know what I remember about that? Lamont eating the tomato in his hand. Yeah. <laughs> it's like, who the fuck does that? I love when Fred came back from from St. Louis in that that episode where he he bought a he brought a piece of plastic and gave it to Esther. She's like, "What kind of gift is this?" He goes, "Hold up to your face. It's your Halloween mask." <laughs> <laughs> um, my next one is going to be season four, another season four of Breaking Bad. Oh, what was going on? In- That's the season. Is that the second to last season? Second yeah. Last season okay. Good. Yep. Yeah. Oh yeah. Because that that battle, it's the same thing where you have. Like a Lex Luthor level villain versus a Lex Luthor level villain. Yeah, and it's like that that because you you know you still root for Walt to a degree, even though he's like completely like he's wrong. Mm-hmm. Everything he's done is at this point it's not it's no longer about him trying to help his family. It's a it's about himself and his ego. But because you've but been you watching the show so long, you're on his team. Yeah, you want him to kind of win out over yeah. Fring. And I'd say the fallout from that season it, it's such an important season because the fallout that next season is all about the hubris that Walt gets from beating Frank. Yeah. And I, I remember watching that season and kind of just being... And I, I literally watched it over the course of an evening. And it was like four in the morning, the sun's coming up, and that explosion happens. And I'm like, what the... And he walks out, and I'm like, what the... F-? And then... The Walking Dead scene. Yeah, it's... Uh, that's an amazing series, and, and that season is. Just see, I, I couldn't pick a, a favorite season because that's like to me, Breaking Bad was like one big it's great a, movie. Then, well, yeah, but that's what I'm saying. Like, it, it, it's it's kind of a toss up because it ends so perfect. That yeah. series ends. I, I so wrote perfect. down. I wrote down season five, but it that's was it I was, was a toss up between four and five. Yeah, yeah, because that's when I think it wasn't technically picked up for the fifth season, so they were they kind of wrote it where it could end right there. Yeah, and there was a, a thing too with like writer strikes at certain yeah. points. So. 
Is that the one with the, the contaminant when the fly was in the lab? Yeah. I think Ryan Johnson directed he that. He did direct it. Okay. He didn't write it, though. <laughs> <laughs> Negative. Didn't he write Knives Out? He did write Knives Out. I, I, I appreciate his other work. Didn't he get I an Oscar? I appreciate the shitty Star Wars. D- didn't, he get, didn't he get an Oscar <laughs> nomination? You tell me he can write. Writing, yeah, he writes decently, yeah. just not when it comes to Star Wars. Uh, you're wrong. There was a contaminant. There was a contaminant, The yeah. guy's an Oscar-nominated writer i mean it yeah. clearly knows how to write yeah gladiator won best picture. how many how many awards have you gladiator been nominated best for picture. what's that got to do with ryan johnson because you're like oh that movie's not good oh it's revenge what, i didn't what's say gladiator wasn't good i just said it wasn't what it was oscar more, worthy more oscars than braveheart it was definitely oscar worthy you you got to where you hated gladiator because we kept on telling you it was better than braveheart no because you love braveheart i mean that, that's and the count of monte cristo's better than both of them <laughs> The count doesn't die. <laughs> I just, I just remember having the argument with you in the in the office of the three of Blockbuster, m- and we, you were yelling about how Braveheart's better, and I was yelling back at you how Gladiator's better. <laughs> the and Frankie was, I think the Patriots are better both, and we both like at the same time went, "Shut the fuck up!" <laughs> oh man, I remember that the fucking Patriot, the which is a good movie, but does not belong in that discussion. Oh, so turn, John. Um. This is tough. I've got a bunch of them. I've got a couple more here. I mean, we don't have to all say one each. I mean, we can if we can just kind of go through the rest of our list. Okay. The next one I have. Um, I know Greg's seen. I'm not sure if Glenn watched or not. Is Homeland season one? Oh yeah. Oh yeah. my god, what a great freaking first. Yeah. I actually, I, I had put that in Homeland season two, but one is yeah is is stellar. I mean, Damian Lewis was, and you you forget as the show goes on because he's not in it after the third season, I believe mm-hmm. it is, and I mean, and they just. They basically, it's Showtime is good about just blowing oh, up a show sure. and then it's starts again, uh, you know, from the next the next season. And that's why you need to watch Billions. Yeah, I do need to watch Billions. I, I, that's that's kind of on my list. Um, but I mean, God, Damian Lewis was just was so good in the in the show, and the stuff with uh, Claire Danes and uh, and his relationship, and then it was his, his wife and. In fact, Ryan, in lieu of Babylon Five, you have access to Showtime. You should watch. You should billions. watch Billions. And Homeland. Uh, that's a lot. Yeah. Homeland. It's, it's, it is good. I'll see what I can do. It's good. He's good. Okay, so that we can go... Yeah, we can... I mean, I, I, just say what's on your list. Just say what's on your list. All right, the next... It, and this took me a while to narrow this down to a season, but um, I went with season four of Lost. That was the season with the freighter. So, season... I think it started off strong... And then I think the writers kind of got stuck in this thing where it was so successful. ABC was calling on them the, you know, twenty-two episodes a season sort of thing, and they wanted to go ten seasons. I watched the thing with Damon yeah. recently, and uh, they got to a point in season three where they were doing flashback about Jack's tattoos, which I actually don't really mind, but I could see that being kind of weird to write about. And they sat down with ABC and said, "This is where we're going to end it. We're going to do shorter seasons." And you could definitely tell in that fourth season that they tightened things up. It was a lot shorter. The I thought it was a, a tighter, you know, plot line. It had a really awesome villain in Martin Kimi, I remember. Yeah. And um, it had what I think to be one of the best episodes of television, which is the Constant, which is the Desmond um, Penny episode. Yeah, that's a good episode. But um, I just I, I love this season. I've, I've rewatched this one probably more than than any of the other ones. Um, so that's why. Uh, it took me a while to narrow it down between season one and season four, and I ended up going with season four just because I don't think it gets enough love. So the only other one I just want to mention because we don't we can do this all night, but mm-hmm. I want to mention Sons of Anarchy. Uh, I had one of those on my list. I would probably go with the final season. That's what I went with, and it was hard to pick, but it was just, uh, the way it, everything wrapped up was just the first was great. two seasons of Sons of Anarchy. There, it's a it's a good show. Yeah, and the characters are all. It takes a. They're all set up in the first two seasons, and there's a there's a good storyline involved in the first season with a certain couple characters that gets resolved, and then season two the same thing. But I think it was season three when the show really got to another level, and I wasn't expecting it to be as good as it got. And the writing was just amazing, and the character development and the choices that they all make it, it comes to a head. And yeah, the end of it is phenomenal. Yeah, another perfectly ended show. Yeah. Yep. You have any others you want to talk about? Uh, you guys kind of covered a lot of what I would. I mean, I, like Lawrence, so we can go do this all night. The one other one that I put on there, well, I got, I got two others on there. One was uh, Stranger Things, the first season of Stranger. The Things. first season, yeah, yeah, because yeah, that was so new. It was and, just such a new concept. And like the yeah, I love the opening like yeah. credits too. Yeah. I mean, it was just with the kind of VHS tracking. 
yeah. with the song. But yeah, that's and I mean, yeah, Millie Bobby Brown was such a scene stealer in that. Yeah. But all all the kids, they yeah, were all they were all, all so awesome. good. And the other one that I had on the, on this list, just because I wanted to put something on there, because I, I got nothing but dramas on here, I want to put the second season of What We Do in the Shadows. That we just oh God. I don't know if I could pick one of those two phenomenal seasons. They're both so good. I, I liked the kind of the episode. I like the episodes in the second season where they follow one character. And usually on shows, I don't like that too much. Like when Walking Dead does it, I hate that. Yeah. But in this show, like it was great. The one that was just all about Colin Robinson was hilarious. <laughs> and then the one where you know uh, where Laszlo becomes Jackie Daytona. Is- I, I found myself a lot of times, like just in general now, when someone mention something to me about somebody or they do something to me I respond with fucking guy (laughs) (laughs) I love when Nandor does that yep so that's what I got alright the other other ones that I kind of I wanted to do a funny one so I actually went with season one of Arrested Development just because I think that like you can kind of tell the sitcom landscape before Arrested Development and after how they they kind of you know, they're the first ones that kind of tried the no laugh track thing on regular network That's TV. That's true. Yeah. And they filmed it more like a movie. They got Ron Howard to narrate it. And I mean, I just thought like the character, like they, and not everyone was stars. If you remember when they did the first one, it was like Jason Bateman and Portia de Rossi and then like everyone else. But then like everyone became such big stars because of this. It was hard to, to bring it back when netflix bought it but um that first season was just so clever and hilarious i mean i probably rewatched that seven or eight times um the other two that i had written down was i put season two of veronica mars just because i wanted to mention one which that's the one with the bus crash um just because i thought the ending of that was a twist i didn't see coming and i remember when i saw it on tv i'm like i wish and someone else in this country watched the show that i could talk to about and um, the last one that I wanted to kind of talk about was I was a big X-Files fan, and I thought season three was kind of when that show was in its stride. With um, They did the whole um, arc with the black oil kind of going into... Texas T. Yeah, and then um, <laughs> the, uh, my favorite episode is one called uh, Jose Chung's From Outer Space, and that's uh, featured in this. So it was uh, the ones that I kind of wrote down. Yeah, I mean, look, we can go on yeah. for, for days talking about all this stuff. So if you guys think we missed anything, now's the perfect time to interact. Yeah. Like, yeah. Let yeah. us know what your favorite si- single seri- season of Yeah, let us know in the comments is. underneath this on Facebook, Instagram. To all the, we we want to know. I mean, I don't know. We didn't really dive into any like, classic shows. But like MASH or Cheers. I, I thought about Cheers. That would but be hard to do. Yeah, because you know. they all kind of blend into each yeah. other. Dallas. Falcon Frazier. Yeah, Falcon Crest. <laughs> Not slamming. <laughs> they had the episode of the office on the other day. I totally forgot about it. They had the little garage sale in there. Yeah. And they they find uh, Andy and Daryl and Kevin find the board game of Dallas, and there's no instructions in it, and they just sit there and play Dallas and pick <laughs> up the rules. And it's it was just hilarious. I mean, we could go on and on for, with with ER and stuff, but yeah. I mean, there was yeah. That yeah. show went on for like close to twenty years, seven like. seasons. Yeah, there was a time, like, if you were an actor in at all in the 90s, you yeah. were at least in one episode. Year. Remember, Ewan McGregor was on this. Stamos! I think John Stamos recently said that was his favorite job. Ewan McGregor was the one he, he robbed that convenience store, wasn't he? Right, yeah. Ewan McGregor, yeah. Yeah. Well, now it is time to nominate this week's Awesome Villager. Gentlemen, who are your nominees and why? Um, I didn't see much. And the thing I did see was Jay and Silent Bob, so I can't nominate anyone from that. <laughs> Um, so I decided to nominate LeBron James. Um, LeBaron James? You know, he gets a lot of flack because he doesn't, he's not Michael Jordan and he doesn't play like Michael Jordan. And when he, but if you think about the fact that this kid is a senior in high school, probably even a junior in high school, was already groomed to be the next NBA god, you don't hear about this guy getting in any trouble ever. No. He's been a devoted family man. You see him at his kids' basketball games, like, rooting his kids on and stuff. He's just been, you know, a model citizen, great guy. Um, and I think he gets a lot of flag just because he's doesn't – he has lost. Like, Michael Jordan never lost in finals. And Michael, the LeBron and the Lakers just made it to their 10th well, – this will be LeBron's 10th appearance in the finals, which he's won three. So, I mean, still. So, I'm going to go with LeBron. And he was he was brilliant in Trainwreck. And he's he really he's gonna is. and he's also gonna be in the new Space Jam. So, 
right, I'm gonna I'm gonna nominate you and McGregor. I really liked the uh, long way up. He's just like said so likable talking to all these these kids. But then the more I thought about it, he's been kind of on a roll lately. I mean, he was awesome in um, his season of Fargo playing twins. Yeah. Um, he was. Uh, I loved Doctor Sleep. I thought he was great in that. And then I thought he stole every scene he was in in the Birds of Prey movie. Yes, he did. So uh, I just. And then he's got the Obi Wan Kenobi thing that they're about to start filming. So I mean, I just. I can't say enough about this guy. I just think he's he, he's great, and plus, I mean, he was in Shallow Grave. So. <laughs> he was. Uh, I'm going to nominate Millie Bobby Brown, who's you know career I haven't had much interaction with prior to this, but I can see why she's such a good talent. I've seen interviews with her where she seems like a very not to be confused with Bobby Brown. No, she, she's never hit Whitney Houston. Um, that we know. Of. That we know of. Yeah, uh, it's her prerogative. <laughs> the way she wants to live. Um, but yeah, she's a, a phenomenal actress and a very nice young woman she runs with Emma Watson how old, how old is she she's I think 19 or 18 now she's oh gosh she's still that young she was young I mean I don't know She it's just, it seems like you know when you see her in the first episode of Stranger Things she looks like she's like 8 years old and then she, she was born in 2004 so then in like in Godzilla she looks like she's 22 years old already I'm like what's going on yeah, she's 16 okay I mean it's not, I'm not that far off but yeah she's definitely aging really fast all right. Um, the only thing I really watched, I had started watching Lovecraft Country before, and then uh, my wife wanted to watch it, so we watched the first five episodes of that this weekend. Is what we watched, and uh, I'm going to nominate Jonathan Majors. He's the the main character of it. He is he holds the show together. He is fantastic in the show, and now he's going to be in the new Ant Man movie. As have we, has it been announced that he's going to be Kang, or is that just rumor? I'm at, I, I, he's going to be in it. Definitely, he's going to definitely be in the in the movie. It, it seems like that's where they're going. He's going to be. Yeah. I, I can't believe I forgot to say this, but uh, The Rock actually announced the casting of Hawkman for for the Black Adam movie. Oh, really? It's yeah. some guy that was in The Invisible Man, right? Mm-hmm. I heard, I someone that's really jacked I, up. I, I don't didn't mean to, to hide yeah, yeah, no, it. No. Just kind of reminded me of that we I forgot to put that in the movie news. Yeah, and uh, and Jonathan Majors. He's also he's supposedly very good in the. Um, which I need to check out is the uh, the Five Bloods, the thing that uh, Spike Lee did. It's on. It's on Netflix. It's now. A Netflix. Yeah. It, I think it was, well, it was a Netflix movie. I yeah, think. it's a Netflix movie, and it's getting all kind of Oscar buzz for Del Orlando. Yeah, I did hear that. Cool. Yeah. All right. If you had to vote for someone other than your own, who would it be? I mean, why you. would I not vote for you and McGregor? That's what I was just thinking too. I was going to vote for Millie Bobby Brown. And I'd also vote for you and McGregor because yeah, he's he's lovely, and he's a two-time winner now. And if we're gonna extend an invitation to someone to come hang out with us, oh man, yeah, I don't know if we could handle that. I don't know that we could either. We need to invite your cousin Sean if we, yeah. So yeah, another T- fun week yeah, here. At the tell village. us, tell us about Scotland and <laughs> roll. We're kilts in his honor. Yeah, we'll 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 pull out a nice fresh bin bag for you. <laughs> Fucking bin bag. <laughs> Well, as always, please interact with us. Remember, we are available on multiple platforms, including Anchor, uh, including uh, Apple Podcasts and Google Podcasts, among others. Um, give us feedback. Let us know again what show you would think, what season of which show is the, the best in your opinion. This has been Greg. John. Glenn. Ryan. We'll see you next week.